one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Redmen TV. This is your latest edition of The Deep Dive. My name's Dan Club, and I'll be your host this week, and I'm joined by Josh Williams for this one. Josh, how are we doing, my mate? Are we good? Still reveling after that 7-0 route, I assume? Yeah, well, that's that's the topic of this weekend. I mean, we, we, we couldn't ignore that 7 0 win. We didn't expect it. And um, there's plenty of talking points coming out of the game. Mm. Uh, how do you feel ahead of your deep dive debut? Oh, pretty much nerves. Pretty much <laughs> nerves are definitely there. But there's no better way to start is than talk about a, a 7 0 win over exactly, Manchester United. Yeah. You know, we, couldn't, we couldn't ignore anything else because obviously I'm a late substitution for Chris on this one. But like I say, topics wise, there is, there's no other story in town, is the mate. So if you want to get us straight into it, um, we are going to take a closer look from a tactical point of view at that demolition job. Um, where do you want to start? Well, before we get into it, I think we just should, should just touch on the genetics of the match, really. First, um, I think Liverpool. Obviously, they, they scored seven goals from eight shots on target, which just doesn't tend to happen ever. So I've seen Gary Neville say it was a bit of a freak. In, mm -hmm. in essence, it kind of was. But despite that being the case, I think Liverpool had the tactical edge over Man United as well. Are you saying Liverpool didn't play that well? Is that what you're telling me? Is that what I'm saying? No, don't, don't <laughs> stand and put me in the stuff already. That's like a Chris move, that. Um, but yeah, I think Liverpool played really, really well throughout the game. And I think... He kind of dismantled Manchester United's kind of man-marking approach to pressing. Mm -hmm. uh, that's kind of a Ten Hag approach that he's had associated with his name since his Ajax days. Yeah. And Liverpool seemed to adopt a bit of a shape that kind of counteracted against that. And we have seen it recently as well. Yeah, we have. Just just on that shape, Josh, I want to take it back just a little bit further. I know we're kind of talking about generally about the game, but... Take it back to the start, sort of team news-wise, just general general thinking, not even so much about the numbers. Were you surprised by the team you selected? Given what Man United have been doing, what we've been doing, were you surprised to see him go Harvey Elliott over Pachetic, for instance? I was a little bit, yeah. Um, but then what, I suppose it, it does make a bit of sense once you factor in the fact that Manchester United are a bit of a man-orientated yeah. system. Because Klopp mentioned, didn't he, sorry, Klopp mentioned his counter-pressing sort of in, the, in yeah. the build up to the game and he never really sort of specifically says why he chose him over him, but he did in this instance. He said he chose Harvey because of his counter-pressing stats. Was that interesting? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's it's his it's additions on the ball as well is what, why he was selected for me. Mm -hmm. um, because obviously, if you're playing against the man-orientated system, you need to win your individual duels. Yeah. And if you're very good technically and your opposite number can't get anywhere near you, then you're going to win your battle then. So I think Liverpool went with a little bit more of a technical midfield in comparison to usual. Mm -hmm. And uh, it certainly benefited us. Um, but I think Liverpool's, Liverpool's win primarily stemmed from 
this kind of tactical edge that we seem to have. Mm -hmm. And we saw it against Newcastle recently. That was when we first kind of saw the first example of it. Um, we've used, obviously, 4-4-2 this season. Yeah. We've used 4-3-1-2, which is kind of a diamond. We've went back to 4-3-3. And what I will say is this 4-3-3 this that we're, we're currently using, it's still 4-3-3 defensively. Not mm -hmm. a lot has changed on the defensive side of the game. But with the ball, it does look slightly different. And for those who are viewing, you'll see a graphic on your screen now. Um, and that's kind of what it looked like in action against Newcastle. Obviously, you've got your back four in place. And then rather than having a midfield three, mm. you almost have a bit of a box, really, where um, Stefan Bessetic, it was at the time, tucks in alongside Fabinho. Mm -hmm. Gakpo tucks in alongside uh, on the same midfield line as Henderson. Yeah. And you've got kind of Salah and Nunes playing as like split strikers. Um, is that the beauty? Is that the beauty of having someone like Pachetic, who has played in the six? Is that the beauty of having him on the eight roles? He can do that and he can mix things up that way. Yeah. Well, Henderson's another one who can, oh, do, can that do that. Well. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Henderson can play in both lines. Harvey Elliott, I think, is, is well suited to the, the slightly more offensive. And even Gakpo as well, by the way. Gakpo can play where Nunes is there really to an extent. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um but yeah, I think it helped us against Newcastle because it kind of solved I thought in the early in the game, especially Newcastle were like super aggressive mm. defensively. Yeah. Um, and when that's the case, it can be sometimes a bit harder to build the game from the back. I went to the game recently with Chris, I think it was against Wolves first half of the game. We just couldn't really get out of our own half. No. And I think if you if you got if you've got Gapo making these movements yeah. into deeper areas, like Firmino did, but then you've also got um Henderson making those movements and you've got kind of like this four two 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 thing going mm -hmm. on. It's kind of like a ladder, almost, yeah. the way it works. Um, and you can progress up the field, like, level by level, almost. Um, and against Newcastle, obviously, Gakpo scored a goal as well. Um, and he, he kind of performed well throughout the game. Mm. And I thought it might have just been a bit of an isolated um, switch-up yeah. for, for that game. Um, but then we saw it against Manchester United. And, as I said, it involves Gakpo moving away from this area mm -hmm. towards more of, like, a... Almost like an advanced number eight, really. Yeah, do you think he's doing that? Obviously, it's based on instructions as well. It's a really interesting one, the Gakpo stuff, because I did a lot of our expert insight stuff around the Gakpo sign. I spoke to Bolo Zender, who coached him for years at PSV, oh, yeah. and he never really sort of said he could do that nine role, because I sort of mentioned, is he sort of a successor to Roberto Firmino, which I think we're seeing more and more now, especially with the news that Bobby's leaving. But in this instance, he's sort of taking up a different position to Bobby, isn't he? Because he's not dropping back sort of centrally, he's dropping back and wide. Yeah. Is that something you ever seen him doing when we signed him? No, not really. Um, and the people I spoke to as well surrounding Gakpo's sign also said that like when he comes to receiving the ball in these spaces, mm -hmm. maybe with pressure from behind, he's a bit inclined to give the ball away a exactly, bit, more, bit yeah. more than Bobby is yeah they weren't really talking up his ability to do that at all the people no, no. it was more of it you can do your left wing and you might be able to do your, your nine a little bit but really he's your left winger I've never really seen this coming from him clearly the people at Liverpool Klopp, Linders have seen something in him and that's why we've changed system almost around this signing yeah but the, the beauty of what, it, of what it does is even though it's kind of like a Firmino type movement which he technically shouldn't be that good at based mm -hmm. on what we've heard at least yeah because he's picking up the ball here. If you think of what he did for PSV, mm -hmm. it kind of did involve picking up the ball in these deeper wide spaces yeah. and carrying the ball over long distances towards the goal mm -hmm. and then maybe taking a shot from outside the box or setting someone else up. So if you think of his responsibilities on the ball when he does this, 
it's not that dissimilar to what he was doing for no. PSV when he was picking up the ball in deeper areas and, and really acting as their main ball carrier and stuff. We, yeah. We've seen him carry the ball for Liverpool already. Mm-hmm. He's got you know big long strides and very athletic and stuff like that. Once he gets yeah. past the man, he's basically gone, isn't he? Yeah. Um, so I do think overall it, it benefits Gakpo mainly. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, you've obviously got Salah and Nunes here as kind of like the threats in behind. You know the finishes of of the the, the system. Mm-hmm. Um, just almost staying away from the ball, but putting the ball on the net when it gets to this level of the ladder almost. Yeah, no, absolutely. Saying, yeah. Yeah. And I think we've seen from Salah obviously down the years when he had Manny on the other wing and he had Firmino doing that dropping deep stuff. He thrives in that kind of system when yeah. there is that striker going in deep. And I think if Gakpo can continue to do that, that would be massive for him. But do you think that brings the best out of Nunes then in that case as well? Yeah, well, I think Nunes is not as technically clean maybe as... Firmino certainly, and mm. probably Gakpo as well. I think yeah. Nunes makes a bit more sense because he's so rapid, direct, um, goal obsessed to an extent. Yeah. I think he's better as kind of the finisher of the move. And again, if we look at it as kind of a ladder, you've basically got your holders, your ball progressors, and mm-hmm. your finishers. That's yeah. that's kind of how the system is going to look. Okay. And I think if you look um, at how it works, mm. generally you see like a four-two-two-two. Ralph Rangnick has been keen on this system in the past. Haas and Huttle has been keen on the system in the past. It feels very Red Bull. Yes. Um, but the issue with that is they're very counter-attack, transition. It's not so much about dominance. Okay. So I think this might just be a system where we use it against teams where we're not basically massive favourites. Yeah, I've I seen that in, in the agenda. That was an interesting point, actually. So do you think we'll see this... <sighs> Like you say, against the bigger teams that come to Anfield, maybe necessarily the teams who might have a bit more possession, you Man Cities of this world. But yeah. when we go to different places, potentially Bournemouth this weekend coming up, we'll see a more normal type four three three, maybe with your Jotters involved from the start potentially. Yeah, I mean, I, I could be proved wrong because we do face Bournemouth as soon as this weekend, don't we? But it's a very quick short turnaround on what we're yeah. saying here. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, but the week we've got coming up, where we face yes. uh, Chelsea, City Arsenal, Arsenal, City yeah, in the yeah. same week. I think we could see this a lot because, as I said, it, it aids what we're doing mm-hmm. in transition. Whereas when we're the dominant side and the whole game's getting taken place here, mm-hmm. the four-two-two-two tends to encounter like some structural problems because it's not so well suited to breaking down like a, a, a low block or whatever. That's why Rangnick started to encounter some issues with United. He did do, didn't he? And he got kind of criticised for it as well. Um, and it's interesting how he'd get so heavily criticised for it, and Hassan Hootel to a certain extent too. But yet when we adopt it, from what you're saying here, it seems to be a formation, a system that suits us really nicely. So it's strange. Yeah. It's horses for course, I suppose, isn't it? If we, Do you think then, Josh, I know we're, we're talking off-piece here a little bit, do you think we've kind of fell upon this system with the sign of the Gakpo maybe? Or do you think he's had this in mind for a while now? Yeah, it's a good question. I don't really know, to be honest. I think that the plan was... It looks like the plan has always been for Gakpo to kind of become this next Firmino. Yeah, um, But I think maybe working with him for the past month or two, whatever it's been, mm-hmm. maybe we've seen that he is a really strong ball carrier. He does like the wide areas. We yep. saw his opening goal against United. Mm-hmm. It stemmed from a wide area, didn't it? Yeah. Um, so doing this would allow Gakpo to just perform, as I said, like he does at PSV. So mm. I don't know, really. I mean, Klopp's tried a lot of things this season, as yeah. I said, 4 4 two, four, you know, diamonds and things like that. Yeah. This is his latest kind of trick. Mm-hmm. The difference is this one seems to be working quite well. Yeah, we'll stick to uh, it then in that case. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, whereas the past ones were a bit more problematic at times, weren't they? 
They were indeed, yeah. So just back on the game then, and you want to go through it in a bit more detail, but it was a story of two halves, wasn't it, the match, really? How yeah. did you see that from a tactical point of view? We're both Because I looked at the momentum charts earlier on Sofa Score, and the, the first half was very even. There was kind of clear patterns whereby both teams had sort of periods in the ascendancy. Yeah. Obviously, we get the goal towards the end of the half, but then second half was just a blitz, wasn't it? How do we really yeah. wrestle control of this contest? Yeah, well, it's, it's difficult because I, I think from the off, we were really, really good. Mm -hmm. um, I think United had maybe a, a 10, 15 minute period towards the end of the second half where he started to come into the game and create a few chances a little bit. But I thought overall, listening to the game, I don't know if you were listening to the Sky commentary at the time. Yeah, but, we had it on the day. Yeah, 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 well, yeah. I thought Gary Neville was overly uh, complimentary towards, like towards United. <laughs> <laughs> um, I felt like he... He's, he's got this obsession with getting through the first 20 minutes yeah. at, at Anfield. And yeah. when, when his team do that, it's it's essentially a victory in his eyes. I think he actually called it the perfect away performance at one point midway yeah, through yeah. the first half. So you are right in that point, yeah. Yeah, and like, you know, when it comes to the half-time, they were 1-0 down. He seemed really confident that the United were going to go on and just pummel Liverpool out of nowhere, really. Mm -hmm. And I think in the second half, Liverpool just kind of persisted with the original game plan, which seemed to be like... Switch the play a lot, use Andy Robertson as the free man a lot, mm -hmm. um, and basically get United in transition and really disorganise them. Because one of the issues with Gakpo taking up these spaces, yeah. despite starting here, mm -hmm. was Varane didn't really know where to go. He was kind yeah. of torn between posts. And I think when Gakpo ends up scoring the opening goal, which was still in the first half, mm -hmm. I think he's getting marked by Fred, yeah. you know, who's centre mid so that's one of the downsides I suppose of a man orientated system mm. um, but yet this 4 2, two, two is interesting and it's it's kind of under the radar and I think yeah. um, it's not a, a wholesale change because we still are playing 4 three, 3 Yeah, but it's just whether before we get through the Chelsea Arsenal City week Mm -hmm. maybe we can still catch them with the element of surprise if we're still using this. Absolutely. I don't think people are expecting it. No, it does. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Eight different types of problems as well for defenders, like you mentioned. You mentioned Fred, sort of not knowing whether to go with him, does end up going with him. Varane's having the same sort of battle within himself as well. But 
Do you think this system with the personnel that we have in this particular side, do you think that's a role that Nunes can perform as well in terms of the Gakpo role dropping deep into there or is that totally against what he wants to do? He seems like a player to me that wants to be off the shoulder in behind. If we go, because those two interchange quite a little bit, I've noticed. Yeah. If it just so happens that we've got Gakpo out wide, Nunes through the middle, Nunes can't do the same sort of things, can he? So we'll have to play a different way. Yeah. No, it's an insistent point again, mate. Um I don't think I can see Nunes doing it, if I'm honest. No. And to be honest, I can't overly see Firmino doing it. And I think oh, really? this this kind of captures the, I suppose, the interesting profile that we've got with Gapo mm -hmm. in that he is a wide forward, can kind of play as a false nine. Yeah. But you can also almost see him as like an advanced number eight, really, can't you? Yeah. He's like a really versatile player. Klopp touched on that when we signed him. Mm -hmm. um, but despite that, Nunes not really being overly suited to this role, I do think that we've got the attackers to kind of really mix it up here. Like, yeah. you know, you've got Diaz to come back. Jota, I'm not sure if Jota can do it, but he can certainly play here. Mm -hmm. um, we've got lots of options. Carvalho can potentially do it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, Harvey Elliott suits this one right here. So we've got lots of options, and that's the beauty of of getting players back for their, the business end of the season, really. We've got a system there that can be exposed by these players. Absolutely. Have you been... You've been caught by surprise then, by some, in some senses, by Gakpo and just how versatile he is and just how much he offers. Because I, I certainly have been personally, like I say, from the people I spoke to when we signed him, I expect him we got a good player, but I think we've seen in this game in particular, he went up a level, and in, not just in numbers and quality, but in terms of his tactical awareness, his intelligence, it sounds like he's gone up a level again. Yeah, well, I think I did read that while he was in Holland. I think he, did he have his own tactical coach? That I, oh, yeah, I, saw I didn't that. see that. Yeah, right, I okay. think he's paying for his own tactical coach, like a personal oh, thing. Oh, nice, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think Klopp's touched on since he come in. One of the reasons he's playing through the middle is because essentially he's just better defensively than, than Nunes is mm -hmm. in terms of like his position and yeah. his experience. Obviously, he speaks the language. Um, but I think he had a shaky start when he first came to the club. Um, wasn't anywhere near bad or anything like that, but he obviously didn't score an assist for a few games. Mm -hmm. But I think now Everton seems to have settled a little bit. He's getting into his stride and he's starting to show exactly why we bought him really and I think considering he's only 23 I think yeah. and he's been at the club for two months now mm -hmm. I think if we start to get used to him as players around him start to get familiar with his skills and stuff like that I think he's got a lot of skills attached to his game to the extent where he could become like one of the best players in the league really one of the most influential forwards in the league yeah we'll take that absolutely well so just moving on a little bit then, obviously, second half, we've already said it was a bit absolute blitz. You've already touched upon some of the key elements tactically that made us get the advantage over Manchester United, but sort of in the most simple term, what was it about this 4-2-2-2 formation that made us just dominate and made them capitulate? If you like, you mentioned sort of the extra man and them not knowing where to go. What was it about this formation that did that to them? Yeah, well, I think predominantly, if you look at Liverpool's 4-3-3 and United's 4-2-3-1, mm -hmm. on paper, it should have been a really nice matchup for them yeah. in a man-oriented sense mm -hmm. because they were just able to go man-for-man man in most areas of the, of the park yeah. and essentially do similar to what they did at Old Trafford earlier in the season. Mm -hmm. But uh, I think it just caught them off guard. There was an element of surprise there, which is always nice. Yeah, absolutely. And on top of that, with them being man-oriented, we just really disorganised them and players were popping, Nunes was popping up here at times, mm -hmm. Gakpo was here, 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 um, Elias was playing in and around Casemiro, we've had a bit of a nightmare of a game. He did have a nightmare, yeah. Yeah, so it was just, I think I saw one move actually where I think the ball was around here 
And the player here running in behind was Trent at one yes, point. Yes, he did that a bit, actually, second yeah. half. Try. I don't know whether he was getting carried away with how the game was going. <laughs> and he thought, if they're all scoring and get involved, I'll do the same. But yeah, I think the Trent stuff is definitely an interesting point. And were you surprised at all? They were surprised by us by the sounds of it in terms of the way we set up. Mm. But were you surprised by their approach? And in particular, about Regos in the 10? Yeah, I, I think they got it wrong, if I'm honest, up front. I was expecting, we previewed the game, mm -hmm. and I, I was expecting Rashford to come up against Trent. Obviously, yep. you know, Rashford's their informed player. Mm -hmm. Going into the game, he'd scored 17 and 19. Um, can I say, is Bach a really good player? Yeah. But we was at the game against Wolves, and he looked a bit shaky, like he'd just come back from an injury. You mm -hmm. could kind of tell that. Um, so I, I expected to see that. Rashford over here, Bruno in his usual role. Yeah. But... Tenard switched it up for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. um, maybe looking to get Rashford a little bit higher so we can threaten him behind. But yeah. then you're in a race then with Canate and Virgil. So, I mean, Rashford's quick, but so are they. So. I know, and it's not only just how quick they are, it's the fact that those two are likely to be at home. So if Rashford is going to go in behind, they're not going to be too far away. Whereas yeah. Trent, we know, is going to be up here. If yeah. he, wants, he wants to be up here at the very least, you know what I mean? So I think, and from what you're saying, I think Ten Hag might have got it. Has he overcomplicated it? I heard people saying he sort of pepped himself in the Champions <laughs> League a little bit after the game. Is that fair to say? I know we've got it right, and we've kind of touched on how right we've got it. Yeah. But is it fair to say that Ten Hag got it massively wrong in this one? Yeah, potentially. I mean, even even down here, he went for Dallow, didn't he? Yeah. Over... Um, over Wan-Bissaka. Now, I, th I can see why he might maybe did that in a possession sense, because obviously if Wan-Bissaka's a bit dodgy on the ball, isn't he? So he yeah. can press him into mistakes. But Dalot didn't look any more reassured, really, did he? No. Um, and as you say, going forward, he went, he went for... I think Rashford did play up top, to be fair, in yeah. the uh, Old Trafford game. But I think in that in that time, we they didn't have... I think they had a few injuries or something. Regos wasn't in the club at the no, time. No. So I think he could have played Rashford here. As a result of playing Rashford there... Trent maybe thinks twice about going forward as mm -hmm. much. But he didn't. He just left Rashford there with Virgil and, and Canati for the full game. Yeah. And it just kind of allowed Liverpool to commit bodies forward from here, here and onwards. Mm. Really mix up positionally and disorganise United. And I thought it was um, on top of being a really top finishing display, obviously. Yeah. Finishing seven out of eight shots on target. Um, it was the tactical masterclass as well. Yeah, it was. It, it certainly was. Yeah, and like you say, them getting it wrong and us getting it absolutely spot on. Um, I want to touch on before we sort of start to wrap up. I want to touch on Mohamed Salah with you because yeah. it was just you don't even need to come into tactics for this one. It was just a masterclass, wasn't it? I'd seen yeah. on, early on on sofa score, we got ten. You don't see that very often on sofa score. He was untouchable, wasn't he? Yeah, I heard about that actually. I think when he plays like that, mate, he's uh, he, he is untouchable. He's he's yeah. he's right up there with. If not the best player in the league, certainly, you know, as close as you get into that. And mm -hmm. I think he's, uh, he, he reminds me a little bit of like a Premier League version of Lionel Messi when he's like that. Yeah, I agree. Because he's playing on the same side, he's left-footed, mm -hmm. and as well as merging, as, as well as offering like an obvious scoring threat, which he did, he scored twice in the yeah. game. He's just super creative as well. And when it comes to like progressing the ball up the field, mm -hmm. dribbling, you know, he made a show of... Uh, of Lisandro Martinez, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, so, yeah, the butcher. Yeah, he's just a serious performance from from such a player that I don't know why he gets doubted still because he's just so special. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I said sort of in the post match stuff, like he's got his goals this season. We know he's already above twenty and that's all, boss. But he has been not as 
sort of prominent in matches sometimes. He goes through a bad game, then he gets his goal and sort of forgotten about. Mm. But Sunday, that was a masterclass. And it just, for me, it shows how well he's playing when he is giving them assists. He's yeah. getting those passes right. He's getting those progressions right. He's dribbling at people. When he's sort of full of confidence and sort of at the top of his game, that's a Mohamed Salah we can all enjoy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was absolute top performance and one of the best I've seen, I think. And I think it's he, he seems to be doing that more and more with time in mm. the in these big games. Yeah, absolutely. Like yeah. Manchester City, see that version of Salah pretty often, I think. Mm -hmm. And I think is he now like Liverpool's top scorer against Man United or something in the Premier League, yeah, or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Maybe bit, overtaking yeah. Gerrard a bit, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, just such a special player, nightmare for for opponents to defend against, available yeah. every single week. Yeah. And I think um, obviously we touch on concerns around him when he's maybe not as involved or whatever but I always think when that's the case look at what else is going on mm -hmm. and if the system isn't particularly functional Salah's probably going to suffer whereas if this look at Rashford for example on the opposite yeah, exactly, side yeah. he's had a nightmare a few seasons because the, the squad has had a nightmare mm. only takes 10 hags to come in organise things a little bit more present it with a better platform to do what he does mm -hmm. and Rashford starts finding that's all the time Liverpool play well against United and Salah takes the spotlight yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'll let you have the final say on the tactical side of things, Josh. So you've kind of already touched upon the new formation and the four-two-two-two, and when we might see it. But just, just to finish, like, how often do you think we might see this? And sort of personnel-wise, do you think it is only this eleven that we'll see it with, or do you think he'll mix and match it now between now and the end of the season? I think we will see this more when we are facing level opposition yeah. in, in terms of like quality, mm -hmm. and I also think we'll see it maybe a bit more. Maybe when we have a lead and okay. opponents need to commit bodies forward, mm -hmm. when that happens, we can maybe prosper a bit more on the break yeah. in transition on a counter-attack and stuff. And in that sense, it makes sense because, as I said, it offers a bit of a ladder for you in terms of progressing yeah. up the pitch. Um, and in terms of certain players coming in, I think Gakpo is probably the key for it, really, considering yeah. that ability to operate as a 9-10-wide player-8 that's really unique, that like. Yeah. Um, no, it is, yeah. And I think Diaz can come here, Jota can come here, and both on this side as well. Elliot's over here. Mm -hmm. You've got you, you have got options there. Um, well, Gakpo is the key. But Gakpo is, is the key to an extent, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like it, mate. Yeah. And I've got to ask you before you go, and I thought of this question as we were talking. Um, <laughs> in terms of signings potentially the summer, which obviously did the sort of key topic around all of this, if yeah. we are going to see this formation a lot more, or indeed any other formation that we've tried or haven't tried, because there's been loads muted and loads sort of attempted this season, if we were to sign that man that we really want, he's not even a man yet, though, from Jude Bellingham. Yeah. How well does he suit this? Do you know what? We did quite well to get through an episode there without mentioning It was never going to happen. Yeah, I was yeah. never leaving this <laughs> desk until I mentioned the name Jude Bellingham. <laughs> I don't think he plays the Gakpo role. No. I think he could play as one of the two sitters. Okay. He has done that for Dortmund this season. He's done mm. it for England as well. Um, probably this one here as well is probably well suited to him because when you've got defensive, when you're defending, that would mean he's an eight. Um, and when you've got the ball, it means he's kind of progressing up here a little bit. And we've seen he can nick a goal, can he, and, oh, yeah. and things like that. So I think Bellingham is almost, probably as versatile as Gakpo in terms of just being able to contribute no matter where you play him. You yeah. know, he's 19, he's already got a lot of experience as a six, as an eight, and as, an, and as a 10 as well. So. Bellingham's not going to be a problem no matter what, no matter where he plays. Yeah, sounds good to me, mate. Yeah, well, that'll be all we've got time for for this episode of the Deep Dive. Thank you very much to Josh for joining me and guiding me through my Deep Dive debut. I hope it wasn't too bad for you. I tried my level best to get all the tattoos.
cool stuff, right? If you enjoyed that and you'd like more content just like it, all the other deep dive episodes are available now on Redmen Plus. So head over there, sign up as a club captain monthly subscriber, enter the code DEEP and you will get it for 50% off for the first three months. That's just £2.50 a month. That's less than a coffee. Go and do it now and we will see you again soon. See you later. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.